The following audio message is from Neighborhood Church in Overland Park, Kansas. At Neighborhood Church, we seek to be a community that loves God and our neighbors together. If you would like to learn more about Neighborhood Church, please go to www.neighborhoodchurchop.com. Well, what a sweet morning uh, to remember you guys graduating and uh, another type of graduation happened where uh, the, the sixth graders, I'm going to call them sixth graders because my son, my youngest son's now a sixth grader. Um, they've graduated out of uh, our kids ministry to this wonderful ministry. So let's welcome all the sixth graders that are here today. I hope it's just as fun as your last seven years in kids ministry. My my hope uh, as a church is that um, in each stage of life, uh, uh, spiritually and you know physically and mentally, as we go through these different seasons, that we're, we're a church that celebrates, that we're a church that remembers that there are these flags we put in the ground that help us uh, recognize that God's doing something special in us, and, and we're growing up, and more expectation, more responsibility, more, um, more, more. Um, uh, recognition that, that God doesn't want us to stay where we are, right? He accepts us where we are, but he doesn't want to stay where we are. But he has something next for you, something that he wants us to continue to do and grow. Uh, and this goes across our marriages, goes across in our, in our uh, work environments, in our relationships. My hope is, is that uh, this would be a church where we, can, we celebrate those things often. I don't know if anybody graduated from college or got their master's degree. Way to go as well. I remember those different seasons of my life. Some of those took a lot more years than normal people. So it's like, you know, like... like just all of those things that are happening this time of year as uh, promotions and different things that are happening. The bone breaks uh, have a new little baby in, in the house today. I think I see Lindsay back there. Joshua, right? That's his name, Joshua. So Joshua's here. So no, clap quietly. The baby's in the room, right? So, so welcome to church, sir, outside the womb, right? Um, so there's a lot of things to celebrate this season. And my, my hope is that you get to know people. You get to know and celebrate and uh, know who to text, know who to invite. When you hear of somebody that even stands up front or you hear something happens, like, I want to get to know them. That's exciting because there's something that happens when we share each other's victories and these, these, these steps in our life. So my hope is we begin to jump into a new season uh, of, of our sermon series that you'll see that um, Exodus was great. Like it was so, it was just a good time for that whole year to study the process of the Israelites going from Egypt into uh, moving towards the promised land. Um, and today we're going to start a series on Psalms, which as you guys know, Psalms is, is, is a, it's a, it's a song book. It's a hymnal right in the middle of the Bible. Maybe you, you didn't know that, but a lot of these are singable. We actually have a lot of songs in our hymns and our worship songs that quote lines from the Psalms. Uh, so we're going to be studying that throughout this summer. And I, and I'm glad you've come today on Memorial Day, and there's a lot of things going on, just so you can kind of get a little introduction of what the Psalms are. But before we start, I just want to put us in the mindset of, of songs. So right now, I want you to think of, like, think of a favorite song, or like a top three. Like, what's a top three song that comes to your head that's important to you? And... Um, 
It could be any song. It doesn't have to be a hymn, right? It could be like any song. But think of like, what's in a song that's important to you? And maybe tell a neighbor right now. Tell a neighbor, this is, this is my favorite song or one of my favorite songs. And then let them tell you yours. Like, what's a song that comes to mind that's a favorite? Think about it. Think about it. Tony's thinking. He's like, what is a favorite song? What's a favorite song? Yeah, so as you're, as you're processing this, you're thinking through like a favorite song. Maybe right now, maybe we don't have time for a discussion of this, but, but think of like why, like why is that song, like why is that song your favorite song, right? Like think about that for a second. Like why did that come up in your mind as a, as a favorite song? And I, I just, just want to begin with recognizing there's a variety of reasons like why songs fit to that top 10 category in our minds. And sometimes it's, a, it's an emotional connection where maybe something inside that song you relate to and there's a feeling about that song that really connects with you. Maybe you might even, you might even tear up a little bit. Stephen Curtis Chapman has a song about his daughter, you know, uh, graduating and then getting married and then he dances with Cinderella. Maybe you know the song if you're a dad. Maybe you've already wept to that song. I have 50 times, right? So it's like, it's like just thinking that I'm going to have to one day dance with my daughter and give her to some joker, right? It's like, it's like, it's like yeah, there's tears there. There's tears there. And um, uh, please live close. All right, so there's this exciting. You know, there's personal memories. Oftentimes between like 12 and 22, they'll say that's the genre of music that you'll always listen to. So sorry for everybody who was like grew up in the early 2000s. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like that's the season of music you'll have to listen to probably the rest of your life because that just really touched you in that season of life. So there's these connections. There's also like, um, there's things that go on in, in the world. Like there's songs that like have really impacted people because of, the happenings, and just think through like the, the 50s and 60s and 70s, some of those songs still today because of the, the storytelling, because of, um, I, I started to think through some, one that came to my mind was a song called American Pie, right? It's like this like, like eight-minute song like, that just talks about the, the pain, the agony of losing, of course, three great artists, maybe you know them, Buddy Holly, Richie, Valens, and the big... Bopper, that's right, so good job. So it's like there's this, there's this recognition of like that song still tells the story of a decade and still to- tells the story of a pain. And maybe you're like, what's that song? It's like, that's a bye-bye, Miss America. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 so super famous. Like top, top song in the world type song, right? Like, you know, it's a, it's a huge song. So when you recognize that there's these stories that don't have good melodies, but there's these stories of history that we've, that we've threw the tune, and we connect with them because of the, the facts inside the story, and that's one of the things I want to just bring up today for us is is some of the psalms um, are going to have information in them that connect us to actual events, and that's what Psalm 106 does for us today. So if you have a Bible, you can maybe open it up to the very middle, and you might nail it at 106, right? So that's kind of where we're at in the scriptures today, right? in the middle. And while you're turning there, we need to recognize that the Bible's full of different types of literature. It has narrative, you know, Genesis, 
Exodus has a lot of narrative, just the storytelling. Um, there's wisdom literature. There's, there's prophecy, this idea of, of there's judgment and um, punishment, but there's also future redemption. There's prophecy in the Bible. There's uh, the Gospels, which tell the story, very specific story of Jesus, but there's a lot of parables in there. Um, there's the, the letters of Paul and um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm really glad that the scripture isn't just one of any of those, that it's not just this history textbook. Maybe you kept that from high school, like your, your U.S. history textbook, and you just love reading that day by day by day. But, but for many of us, it's kind of like, that was a good season, but it's kind of dry. It's just information, right? And I'm glad the Bible's not just that, and the Bible's not just a book of laws or a book of rules to make sure that we do right. Though I'm glad they're in there. I'm glad that we know how to best connect and associate with God. And I'm even glad that it's just not a, a hundred uh, thousand wise sayings back to back to back to back. Because if you ever read Proverbs, once you finish a chapter of Proverbs, you kind of need to sit back and go, man, I am not wise. Right? It's like, like there's a point where you're like, you're glad there's this variety in the scriptures. And right in the middle of, of our scriptures with the Old and New Testament, we have the Psalms. We have 150 songs. We have 150 prayers that we can connect to. And it, over the centuries, over the generations, the Jews and Christians, we use the Psalms in, our, in, in lots of different ways. In our services, kind of a part of our liturgy, oftentimes our call to worships and our confession prayers. Our, our closing prayers are normally guided by the Psalms. We do it in our singing, as we've mentioned, in our personal quiet times. Maybe you've taken a Psalm a day and just worked your way through uh, knowing and, and enjoying the Psalms. Um, we use it in our prayers. And there's something beautiful about the Psalms. There's a lot of theology in the Psalms that, that, that kind of does a whole scope of the Scriptures. So we can kind of like even understand the heart of God based on this Psalm for this time. Or not just hearing about the story of David, but hearing David's heart as he's going through this or that as he's king of Israel. And anytime I get to a new book, I always think through, like, did, did Jesus connect with the Psalms. Because Jesus is the one I, I want to read the Scriptures through the way Jesus read the Scriptures. And, and I'll bring up a couple examples here. One, uh, Matthew twenty two forty one. I'll put it up on the screen for you. I think I copied it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question saying, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. So Jesus uses the Psalms, this famous song that the Pharisees knew and probably sang and recited and had memorized. He used the Psalms to help them better understand who he was. It's Psalm, uh, what did that say? Psalm 110. In Matthew 27, right, and Luke 23, we have these recordings of Jesus on the cross. So Jesus is in the way, this is this heaviest time of Jesus' life. We got to say he's on the cross. He's nailed there. He's been beaten, right? He's already wept for the, like, owning the punishment of all the sins of the world. And what, does, what comes out of Jesus' mouth is these psalms, these psalms, this my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Echoing the opening line of, 
of Psalm 22, or this phrase, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, this quote of Psalm 31. It's, it's, it, when there's deep pain, sometimes you don't have words. Have you been there before, right? You've been somewhere like, I'm out of words. I'm out of words. Even Jesus, the Son of God, just leans on the Psalms. So I hope this summer, as we study that, you would recognize that this specific book might be one of the greatest gifts that God's ever given to us, as we can connect generation after generation of people who speak to God, who listen to God, who want to know the heart of God, and they use the Psalms, namely even Jesus. This book will help you with your feelings, with your responses, with understanding what your needs are. And as we spend this summer, my hope is maybe a few times you'll even use it as a prayer guide for yourself. As we've even modeled some uh, as a congregation. But before we dive into Psalm 106, let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross for our sins and opening our lives with faith and understanding that we can live forever because of the work you have done. We need you. You say you're with us. We need you. Spirit, we need you to help move us and, 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 and guide us through your scriptures. God, thank you so much for loving, pursuing, having steadfast love. As we read about who you are today, may you help us live this life more aligned with your will. It's in your name. Amen. Okay, so um, just a quick little overview uh, of these verses in Psalms, um, Psalm 106, verses 1 through 5. We are going to be talking about this celebration of God's faithfulness. 6 through 23, there's this confession of failures. Um, this is this first section, this first half of the story talks about before they enter the promised land. And since we just finished Exodus, that's kind of what we're going to focus on. The, the other verses, feel free to read those. Those are about actually after they enter the promised land, this idea of the, the confession of failure. So we're going to focus on that first part today. And then we're going to skip to 44 there at the end where there's this crying out for God's forgiveness. So let's begin reading Psalm 106. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or declare all his praise? Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness all at all times. Remember me, O oh Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you save them, that I may look upon the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. So point number one today, God, or celebrate God's faithfulness. Number one, point number one, celebrate God's faith. This is the beginning of the psalm. Many psalms will start with this idea of praising of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good for steadfast love endures forever. This is the this is the key verse. This is the opening line. This is what the author of this psalm wants to tell us today, that we have a loving God who's steadfast, he's faithful, and that we should celebrate it, praise him for who he is. He's been good, and he will always be good. He's steadfast. He's, he's faithful. 
and it will continue into eternity. But what we see in this foreshadowing, even in this praise, we're asking, would God's love waver? Why in the world would God's love even, even consider? Why would he consider not loving us, right? It's, 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 he's God, and, and, and he wants just to love. But what if the very people that he loves becomes disobedient, right? Maybe there's a little foreshadowing about what's going to happen in the psalm today. In verse 2, who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord? There's this, there's this weightiness. There's this like, there is so much, God, that, that you have done, that you will do. Uh, I cannot even speak of the number of mighty deeds, but I'm going to throw a few things out there. Like there's this recognition that he's God, we are not, and this distance between us and him. How wonderful God is. In the next few verses, we're going to talk about how we follow the character of God and that he is one who blesses. He's good. And we want to seek to live a good life within his steadfast love. We celebrate him. We ask that he continues to bless us as we continue to praise him. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you save them. Because when you do that, I will point to you. I'll say, God, you are the God of steadfast love, and I'm here. I'm in love with you. And I will tell others as I praise you. So at the very beginning of Psalm 106, to remind ourselves, celebrate God's faithfulness. I hope when you go to God that you will begin celebrating him. Let's continue reading in verse 6. You'll see there's a transition here. Both we and our fathers have sinned, we have committed iniquity, we have done wickedness. So our second point today, confess our failures, and that we will find these following verses, like these, these 30 plus verses, will just be a confession of failures, a recognition that, you know what, our fathers, these, these stories I'm about to remind us of, it's a failing, and it's not just them. It's, there's a we there. There is a connection that the writer says, we have sinned. So in present day, 2023, when we go to God, we're like, yes, the, the church has failed. Yes, God, the Hebrews have failed. Yes, I and my family and my church family now we have failed. There's this connection, a recognition of failure, and there's a reason why, and we'll get to that in a sec. But we can already see the pattern that as Jesus taught us to pray, Jesus begins the Lord's prayer with, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, celebration, praise the Lord. But pretty quickly, we go to forgive us, right, of our sins, forgive us of our trespasses, there's this recognition, God is who God is, and guess who we are? We are the ones who need steadfast love, because we are not those who steadfast stay sinless in any way. So here in the rest of the psalm, we'll be reminded of some of the failures, and we'll do a little history lesson, but the good news, for those of us who've been around for a while, we've studied some of these Exodus passages so we're just going to be reminded about those passages in the last year that we've talked about of the failures and the, the steadfast love of God. So Psalm 106, 7, continuing in the psalm. After there's this confession, you know, we and our fathers have sinned. Let me tell you a few as we are reminded in the history. 
Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Okay, so now right now you're going, okay, you're trying to remember Exodus. I mean, I preach this stuff, and I'm like, okay. So I was like, what in the world is maybe this talking about? So that the Red Sea, there's a rebellion. When did they rebel? Isn't that when the, when the staff hit and the, and the waters divided in that cool cartoon with a whale kind of floated by, right? Like, it's like, isn't that what was happening? Well, actually, there was a rebellion because the Israelites leaving Egypt, seeing that they're going to be chased by the armies of Egypt, what do they grumble or what do they complain to Moses? This is what they say, Exodus 14, 11. It's because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. There's this grumbling, this, is, this active talking to Moses where they rebel in a sense of they give up their faith. They're like, oh, the very God that just did all those plagues and that is about, you know, this, this whole idea like God's going to save us. The sea is no bigger than defeating entire nation. But they forget God. They rebel against God. And that's what the psalmist is reminding. Remember when we did this? We're the kind of people that we can see the great things God has just done. And what happens? We turn away and we instantly go, oh, I guess this is, this is it. I guess, um, I guess, uh, I guess my marriage is over. This last argument, I know you saved me from the other hundred arguments, but this is the last one. God, you're, you're no longer around. We forget. But the beauty is when we remember that God is faithful and that, that a couple can both seek the gospel together and that you can be reminded, hey, you know what? God does want to save this thing. And it's a beautiful story. That's not always the story, but maybe it's something with your job. You've been laid off again, and you're like, well, I guess this is it. Where, where's, where, where did the homeless people live? Because I need to go learn how to do that. Right? It's like, no, wait. God's been faithful to give you a job over and over and over again that maybe you should lean on God and say, well, God, what are you trying to teach me right now? Maybe financially you're struggling. Maybe you're like, oh, well, I guess, I guess the, the car broke down again and we'll, we'll never figure this out. But maybe you forgot the other 13 bad cars that you owned that you've gotten to this point where you've gotten the 14th, but this is my life, right? The 14th bad car, and God's always figured out a way that you get, you get places, but my hope is as we read these psalms and the failures of just this first one they're spending a little time on is that we don't just judge the Hebrews. And that's what I think the writer's reminding us in the passage today. He's saying, we have sinned just as the fathers before us. And it's good for us to recognize that, yeah, I... I that's a pattern that I follow. Man, I'm, I'm sorry, Lord, that I follow that pattern where I rebel against you in a way where I just give up. And I said, well, I guess, you know, that whole steadfast love, it stopped on the 27th of May. It's like, no. Remember that God is faithful. And of course, Psalm 106.8 reminds us that God is not 
given up on his people. Yet he saved them for his namesake, that he might make known his mighty power. He rebuked the Red Sea, and it became dry. And he led them through the deep as through a desert. So he saved them from the hand of the foe and redeemed them from the power of the enemy. And the waters covered their adversaries, and none of them was left. Then they believed his words, and they sang his praise. Isn't that the good news of stories like this? We're like, yes, I kind of gave up. But you know what, Lord? The people around me were faithful. You were faithful. Your church has been faithful. I'm not alone. I thought I was alone. I even said out loud, I was like, I cried out to you that I was alone. But that was a lie. I'm sorry that I rebelled against you and forgot that I wasn't alone. That there are many that love me. And this is a song that we must sing from generation to generation. God is working. And why is he working? For his namesake. So God loves you, not only because he loves you, but he loves his church. And he loves his church that gets to be the body of Christ now. He's not going to give up on us because he wants his name to be proclaimed across the planet for this generation. So he's not going to let us just give up. He's going to stay faithful for his namesake. And aren't we all thankful right now? Maybe there's this like genuine inside our hearts right now, an amen, that it's not like, because you've been so perfect, I'm going to love you today. That is not in the Bible, right? And amen. It is because God is perfect that he loves us. We have a God who steadfast forgives. He steadfast pursues. He steadfast cares for you wherever you are. And that's why we can be reminded that we should not give up and grumble and say, well, I guess this is the last time he's going to love me. Let's continue reading in verse 13. Oh, the, the, the number of times we read these things in the Bible is like, it's like my life. I'm just going to say this. But they soon forget his works. They literally just walk on dry land through a split sea. The next line. But they soon forget his works. They did not wait for his counsel, but they had a wanton craving in the wilderness and put God to the test in the desert. And they gave them what they asked but sent a wasting disease among them. This is a combination of, remember after the Red Sea on their way to Mount Sinai, they get hungry. God feeds them, but they're kind of complaining and whining. And even that happens again in Numbers after Mount Sinai. And he gives them and he says, only take what you need. And what do human beings, beings take? All that we can. So God says, guys, be obedient. Don't be disobedient. And of course, he judges them to teach them what gratitude and care and that God is the provider. Let's continue reading Psalm 106, 16. When men in the camp were jealous of Moses and Aaron, the Holy One of the Lord, the earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abram. Fire also broke out in their company and the flame burned up the wicked. You're like, I want to read that story. That's in Numbers as well. So what's this referencing? Power. 
people were discounting the power that God had given to Moses and Aaron, and they wanted that power, but there was judgment. So maybe that's something that you need to give up today. Maybe you're not living a life of selflessness and recognition of God and his authority that he's provided in your life, and you are having to be humble. Husbands, you got to recognize that you're here to to love and sacrifice, and maybe you haven't been doing that, and you have to be humbled today. Maybe at work, maybe children in the room. You recognize, I've wanted the power, I've wanted the power, but God's like, it's not your time for power, and you need to confess that failure. And as we continue to talk, no, God will forgive you. Lord, we confess our failures. Let's continue reading. 19. They made a calf in Horeb. That's Mount Sinai, right? And worshiped a metal image. They exchanged the glory of God for the image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. Therefore, he said he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them. This was just a month ago, right? We talked about the golden calf story. Talked about this very idea like don't make idols. And what do the Israelites do? They make They put something that they want to physically see and they want to worship that instead of their creator. They actually call upon this golden calf and they say, golden calf, thank you for saving us from Egypt. I think this line in the scriptures, as you read it from, you know, thousands of years later of this historical event, we first go, man, they're stupid. How in the world would they do that? And then you spend a moment right now and think, is there anything in my life that I put above God in priority? And you recognize there's more than one. And you're like, man, I'm stupid. And I'm using that in a way of just saying, humbly we recognize, like, I'm a judge. I'm not rightfully seeing how this life works. And there's this confession of failure that we see in the scriptures that's good. Moses stands in the breach. Think of a breach. Think of a, uh, like you, maybe you think this in a war, like the, the wall has been breached and the people are coming into the city. But what does Moses do? He stands in the breach. And what's happening? The enemy is running towards the breach to attack. And Moses stands there and says, I will take it. I will take the judgment. And what do we learn about this whole incident? That we have a Jesus who stands in the breach for us. Because we have this pattern of failures and sin, we do have a Savior who stands in the breach for us. But we must have confession of our failures, confession of our sin, to fully understand what God is doing for us.
The next section, as I shared earlier, we're going to skip over it. It's very similar story after story, a history, a reminder that Israel kept stepping backwards away from God. And God kept stepping forward to be in connection with them. But let's close with Psalm 106, 44. The last section of this passage. Nevertheless, he looked up upon their distress. When he heard their cry, for their sake, he remembered his covenant and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. He caused them to be pitied by all those who held them captive. Save us, O Lord, and gather us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. So point number three today, as we follow this pattern of Psalm 106, cry out for God's forgiveness. Remember, we started with who God is, the steadfast love of the Lord. Then we said, let's confess our failures. Then lastly, we need to trust and put those two together and recognize that we can cry out to that loving God of forgiveness. Look back at 44. God looked. Friends, we have a God who sees us, sees you, and still loves you. Not sees you when you want to go hide like Adam and Eve in the garden, but that sees you and say, God, thank you for looking. Thank you for wanting Thank you for pursuing. What else? God heard. Friends, we have a God who hears. He hears your hurts. hears your pains. hears your cries. So who is our God? Who is this one who loves you, who remembers you? And I just want to look through the lens of the gospel of Jesus Christ as we review today. God said for us in this day, post the 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 resurrection of Christ. God would send a Savior to the world. So number one, celebrate his faithfulness. This is Jesus, the one who says, yes, I will go to the cross. I will absorb the punishment for sin. Secondly, may we confess our failures he is faithful to forgive. The scriptures are clear. When we confess, he is faithful to forgive because of his love for us. Lastly, so may we cry out and accept the forgiveness of God. Not stand in guilt day by day by day, but stand knowing that your sins are forgiven. So go live differently. Let's close out our service today with a congregational reading. I'll read the first part, and would you read the bold? 47 and 48. Save us, O Lord, our God, and gather us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Praise the Lord. God, we thank you for these psalms. Thank you for reminding us of the work, the steadfast love that you have for us. We do confess that we are not perfect people. We have many needs. We have many idols. We have much power. We have much things that we want. We crave things above you. 
Father, as we go to the table this morning, may we confess knowing that you are a a God of steadfast love and you will forgive. And all God's people said, amen. Praise the Lord.